0: This is Two Minutes About Time with Luke Allen and Robert E. G. Black, the podcast that takes a look at the film About Time two minutes at a time. I am Richard Curtis and I hope you enjoy it. And if you don't, well, you can just travel back in time two minutes and listen to something else.
1: I'm one of your hosts, Luke Allen. I'm joined as always with my co host, Robert E. G. Black. Hello, hello. And with our special guest for this week, Steve Mortimer. Hi. Hello. So, Steve, to those who don't know who you are are you able to briefly introduce yourself
2: yes I'm a film location manager uh, and scout and I was the location manager for the film about time back in 2012 when we filmed it normally I'm the first person on the film Um, you work with the script and the director and the designer and you just come up with a load of options to film at making sure that you can logistically make them work as well as afford them and then you manage it um, throughout the film.
1: Yeah, and obviously, about time, like, this is the perfect point to have you on. And thanks so much for, for coming to do this, because I realise I just gave... I think I just gave you, like, a random call last week and was like... You did, you did. Which I thought it was a call, first. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> does the, does, I mean, what did you think of the idea of this format of a show? I'd imagine it's probably odd, or were you aware of this idea before?
2: Odd. Yeah, no, odd is definitely the thought at first. <laughs> but I know that the film is a cult film, or has become a cult film. I mean, often, I'm about to switch off, I flick through the channel, and there it is, it pops up again, and I find myself watching it. It's, it's hard to turn off, and I'm someone that's, you know, that worked on it, and it, it's just a, a, an enjoyable film. It feels good, and it makes you feel good, and uh, and so, no, I can kind of understand why that maybe you've chosen this film.
0: Mm.
1: It's, it's been my favourite film for a while, and I remember talking to Robert about it. Robert's done loads of these shows with different films this is my first one so as soon as gcse's were cancelled i got in touch with robert and i was like shall we do about time and next minute we're basically finished and i don't know what's happened (laughs) i mean this (laughs) won't be one of it's the last
0: proper one we're gonna do a couple like three finale sort of things with other people we're still thinking about but yeah great
1: yeah, so today we're looking at... and I, I forgot what number of minutes we're looking at. What number of minutes
0: are we looking at, Robert? Uh, it would be 118 and 119. 118 and
1: 119, here we go. We're in, it's the end credits. Well, we get a brief shot of the start, which we touched on we, yeah, uh, we last, got that last, minute. last episode with Ashling, because, yeah, <laughs> it was just a bit odd to skip this. So we just get the, the see you later while they're on the, on the shot there. I mean, we, we talked about how that, that's, That shot was directed by Emma Freud because Richard was ill at that point. Incidentally, a note as to what we've been talking about on the show a few times. Emma's got back to us about the fact Scarlett Curtis being one of the pictures at the wedding and being the one that Tim went all the way with. Uh. She's since told us that they gave the prop designer a load of pictures. He didn't realise that the one that was supposed to be the the girl that Tim went all the way with was actually Richard Curtis's daughter.
0: (laughs) Um, So... That's a. Yeah. It, it's Which nice. It's funnier than every option we came up with so far. Yeah, we we were trying to figure <laughs> out
1: like what why did they choose that? So this yeah, we didn't think that that
0: is brilliant.
1: But yeah, so we got so how long will I love you begins mm-hmm. straight after the the see you later and cut the to end. Black. And the end on the screen. The end appears on the screen. Good point. I mean, actually, I guess before we go into all of this, Steve, like, so what was your specific experience with about time and getting on board with that?
2: Yeah, it was. As I said it was twenty twelve. The Olympics were in London. I got a call about the film, went in and, and met the producers, read the script, met the designer, and thought, this is a fun film. I asked them about the London filming, and they said, don't worry, we will not be planning to film in London when the Olympics is on. And, and of course, we did.
1: Yeah. Abbey Road, we were looking at the security uh-huh. camera footage from then, and that looked like that was a manic shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah that Road was...
0: While the Olympics
2: is going.
1: And then cut yeah, the scene. Yeah, that was good afterwards.
2: fun. <laughs> they cut the scene. It's yeah. funny because they normally have a cast and crew about a week before the sort of scheduled release of the film, but I don't generally go to them because they're about 10.30 on a Sunday morning. So I like to go and watch it with the family, you know, so they can have a bit of a debrief just to sort of see what I've been through the last sort of six, nine, 12 months of my life. So we, were, we went and made a vow, um, every month and that scene was about to come. And I remember thinking what a headache it was to close Abbey Road. And then it, it wasn't
0: there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I I had this big sigh, and everyone in the cinema was have thought, what did I ever see sign about? What's his You know, what's his problem? But they didn't know the amount of pre You know, the weeks and weeks I put in to do it. And that, and actually at the end of the first take, it rained so much we had to reschedule it and come back again and do it. Yeah.
1: It's a yeah. beautiful deleted was, scene though. It's 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 really funny.
2: <laughs> I thought it was great. I thought it was really really good. It was hard work. You know, to close that. It was funny because we weren't legally allowed to close the Zebra Crossing. But we could close the Mm -hmm. boat. I mean, that was West for you at the time. But we managed to still make it work. No, I thought it was a good scene, uh, and I was looking forward to it as well. But for what you know, for what a reason it wasn't there. That Mm -hmm. happened. But But going back to the Olympics, I mean, in the end, it was easy because no one quite knew what the Olympics was going to throw up. And I remember contacting all the authorities, and everyone advised, "Do not film in London. Do not film. Do not film." But then, as I looked into it. I couldn't see a reason not to do it. And because mm. of Rachel McAvins' uh, date, we had no choice. We had to film at this time, and it turned out to be easy. A lot easier than if it was not the Olympics. You know, everyone had left, and, uh, and, uh, and it was a doddle.
0: So.
1: Yeah, there, there are just some lovely... Like, I, I think one of the main things genuinely does stand out in the film are the locations. Because all I want to do, especially the Cornwall stuff, like, it just makes me want to go to Cornwall. It, I've, well, I've yeah, actually yeah. never been, to be
2: honest, but... I haven't. Wow. No, it was great. Yeah. Um, it, it's always harder to film in Cornwall. You know, the road's are a bit smaller. There's lots of people there in the summer. The beach at the house was not the beach that we used. It was, it was called Vault Beach. It was about a 30 minute drive away. Did I
1: read that it was a naturist beach as well?
2: I think it could have been. Yeah, that rings a bell. That rings a bell. But we, I mean, we must have scouted about 30 beaches, but Richard really wanted to use that one. I tried to put him off because it was a 20 minute walk down a cliff to get to the beach there was no other way of doing it and quite often you may be you, know, you have gators and four by fours but at the top of there you unload the equipment and you just have manpower and you have to walk 20 minutes down and i knew that it was going to be hard work I, that day we shot must have been about 28 degrees on that beach we were depicting a winter scene it was it was hard work and of course everyone wrapped and they just leave and you've got to get all the equipment up and uh, yeah it was hard work i just ran in the sea afterwards to cool down
1: yeah, I mean, as a, yeah, I mean, the the house looks beautiful on video. The one thing that surprised me when looking at behind the scenes stuff is that the house was painted pink. Yeah, I didn't notice that at all in the in the final cut of the film.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, the designer John Paul just looked at the house and said, "I think it'll look great in pink." Showed a a, a sketch to Richard, and he agreed, and and that was it. We painted it, and then we had to paint it back again to to its original colour afterwards, of course.
1: Yeah, I think one of the other things with that as well is, wasn't there one room in the house, Robert, that you couldn't figure out where the, it was? Where they play ping pong. That was in the house, yeah, that was there.
0: There was a, there was a, a,
2: what was it? It was like a shed, a potting shed or something at the back, if I remember rightly.
0: Okay, so it's in so a separate thing. I have the plans separate, of the house itself, and I'm like, it's not in there. It. No, no, you're right, you're right. It wasn't
2: actually part of the house. It was meant to feel okay. like it, but there was a potting shed that was full of junk, and we had to rip all the junk out, it was perfect you know we got the table in there but yeah it was a pot it was
1: just adjacent to it um sort of by the greenhouse at the back of the it's, house it's, I mean, it's it was... a lovely room so yeah i mean i guess what before we go back into the minute there was one other location i
0: remember robert you saying you didn't get the Their restaurant house. Tim, no well okay no, tim, oh, the, the restaurant where tim and charlotte eat because you don't uh, we don't see the outside of it we didn't see the outside of it so that didn't bother me too much Tim and Mary's house, we see the front of, like, three times, and I, it's so, we see the address, and I still couldn't yeah, find yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, that was, um, I was, I looked at streets on Google Earth around Notting Hill and Hyde Park, where a bunch of the other locations were, like, yeah. one block at a time.
2: Uh, it's like, yeah, you're a bit too south, it was a little bit more north than that. That was a hard search, I mean, I remember having a few scouts and we were we i mean we must have looked at about 40 50 houses if i remember rightly and and then there was one house in, in in practical terms it was probably a little bit too small but we made it work and all i can say is that it belonged to a 1990s trip hop artist uh, but i won't say who he is huh. Um, huh. and and it was fantastic we were there for 3 months i think it was i sort of moved him into a local him from the family into a local hotel and um, you know, we did a lot of painting, decorating, props and everything, and we were there for quite a while. About a month I think it was afterwards, filming,
1: you know, sort of back and forth. Do people in houses tend to be pretty keen to, to have their houses used on film from your experience? Or do you often have to try and persuade people or what what what's the situation with that?
2: Absolutely, no. It, it, it I mean, I get emails all the time from people, you know, offering up their houses. Pretty unusual to get anyone decline you. I mean, I remember having a stately home to climb many years ago, but in general, everyone's very keen for it. You know, you get paid quite well for it. There is inconvenience. I mean, on that particular house, uh, I mean, I, I, you know, they all had to move into a hotel, you know, in, yeah. in, to marry a hotel. I'll tell you where it was. It was Queen's Park area.
1: Queens Park. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, because I'd, um, I'd imagine that, uh, probably less risk with this film, but I'd imagine with larger scale stuff, people also, ha- also have the risk of People wanting to come and visit and wanting to look at the house as, as fans and
0: stuff. Yes,
2: absolutely. That happens a lot, you know, with locations. I mean, so, I mean, some locations have done incredibly well. I mean, if you think about Annick Castle on Harry Potter and Hike there on Downton Abbey, I mean, those places have done incredibly well on the back of filming. I mean, there was a film, a Popeye film in the nineties that yeah. built a on the island of Malta and is still there as a, as a tourist attraction yeah they left it they left it up uh, wolf Krug, kruger
1: it. so i guess if you have to be a resident in a house that's been a film location i guess you will, if you're moving into a house there i guess you sort of have to be aware that you're probably going to have fans knocking on the door or whatever saying <laughs> can i take photos can I? like i know I, I read a while ago that the woman who owns one of the houses from Gavin and Stacey like it lets in thousands of people a year to just look around the house and <laughs>
2: Do an open house tour or something. It'd be great, wouldn't it? You know, if it was a one house. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, there are lots of places that are used over and over again because it's about logistics. I mean, I have to put two hats on, you know, you put the creative hat at the first when you're scouting, you're trying to, you're trying to tick all the boxes. But then as soon as that's done, you've got to logistically make it work, you know, make sure it's got the space, the parking neighbors. I mean, if you're on a house every day. You need to make sure that the neighbours are happy with it if you you know, if you pull up outside at, you know, six o'clock in the morning or something. Yeah. There's quite a bit of work that goes into it. It's not that straightforward, you know. But these are things that we know that we have to do and there's a list that we work through, you know, me and my team each time we do a film. But about time it was everything went right. You need a bit of luck. There's only so much you can do. If suddenly the council decide to dig up a road or a building needs to be knocked down or something like that, that's completely out of your hands but I must admit, everything just seemed to work on this film, it was, a, it was a
1: good it I was going to say, it's one of those things which has always interested me, just from I mean obviously I'm coming from an, an amateur filmmaking perspective rather than anything else but I mean, it's all I, I seem to be in that sort of mindset now wherever I go, it's like, could I use this in something could I use that, and obviously when you're not when I'm not in a position to be able to pay people to use their houses and stuff, it's going to be more difficult, but I think it must be a very exciting mindset to have. I mean, do you tend to find out that the, the more out and about you are, you more, the more you think, oh, we need to remember that place for Absolutely.
2: For I mean, I was out with a friend once. We met in the park, and then she came back to my house, and she followed me in the car. And when we got back, she said to me, do you realise all you're doing is looking out the way You're just looking from left to right. You're just <laughs> I said, no, I was just thinking about the street. I thought it would be quite good for <laughs> something. And films. I mean, it's very hard. I mean, when I read a script, I, I, I don't really get into the story that much. I, I mean, I skim the story. All I'm thinking about is the creative locations and the logistics. Of, are they really going to shoot that in Cornwall? Because quite often you'll read a script and it'll say, you know, is in Istanbul. So my note is, are we going to Istanbul? Or,
1: <laughs> or have I got to find out within the M25? Am I right that the script was originally Scotland for about time?
2: Yeah, I, I think it was. I think it was, yeah. Yeah, that rings a bell, but I'm not 100% just sure. So it was a little while ago. That does ring a bell, though. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so as um, we uh, go through the credits before the we we get any of the locations, we got written and directed by Richard Curtis, produced by Tim Barron, Eric Fellner, Nikki Kentish Barnes, executive producer Richard Curtis, Lisa Chassin, Amelia Granger. I, I'm worried in reading this, I'm going to end up messing someone's name up. Associate producer Emma Freud, and then we get. The first shot, which is of Vault beach, and it it's weird how how beautifully it does seem like it is the beach from the back of the house like it's yeah. it's really convincing, that... and does that kind of ruin films for you when you watch it and you know that these locations aren't i mean with with about time for the most part, you did really well in having the locations within you know the right distance of each other, I think yeah. The the only comment you made, Robert, wasn't it, that the, was that there were other train stations closer. There are better than, train stations.
0: To, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to yeah flat, but, As opposed to Made it? of L, you mean? Well, I, it's a, I mean, look-wise, it's a great station. It's simple, it's got that nice little opening in the middle, great escalators, but it, yeah. it's not the closest to like any of the locations.
2: <laughs> no, it's not, it's not. And I, I mean, I don't live too far away myself. I mean, I live in North London and, you know, over the years, there's two train stations that people tend to film at all the time. One's Charon Cross. There's like a mm. secret closed platform that, you know, James Bond filmed at once in Mission Impossible because you go through a door at the bottom of Charon Char- uh, Cross. You don't know is there. And there's a, you know, at the bottom of the escalator, there's a door and there's a platform. I think it was Jubilee Line. And it's been closed for 10 years or so. And the other one is the Orwich one, which is a bit older. It, it's a bit tired and there's no... Escalator. You have to walk down 300 steps, so people okay. try and avoid that one. And when you film in the live station, you you have to work within the the restrictions. And generally, that's what you know. And you can't change it. Whatever time the last train that leaves there, whether it's 11:30 p.m. or midnight, that's when you can start. Sometimes let you do some minimal preparation, but because of health and safety, you need to wait. And then as soon as the last train goes, you close up, and it's yours until the, the first train. And mm. I've always liked it. And I remember. It it looks beautiful. Yeah, I like it. I think it's very ornate. It's got very nice, you know, all the tiles. And I just went there, took pictures, showed it to Richard and John Paul, and they said it was great. And I think it works really well. That was, I mean, that was the entire night just spent listening to that song on loop over (laughs) and over again. Yeah, and suddenly the first train was like six thirty, so at six o'clock we were all coming up the stairs uh, the escalators bringing equipment and yeah i never wanted to hear that song again
1: (laughs) so i guess as well um what one of the fascinating things is when we get to joanna's um flat like the 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 location is said in the lines isn't it Yeah, she she names the actual location so is that something which is that something which you find the location and then they add that line into the film or do they write that yeah Person. Yeah, okay. sorry. Remind me, Joanna is that Margot Robbie? Uh, Vanessa Kirby. That's Vanessa Kirby. Vanessa Kirby. I
2: can't remember where. Where, where was her flat now?
1: It's only in like um, one scene. It's after Tim goes back in the art gallery. He then goes back again to Joanna's flat where he meets Mary again for the first time. And gosh, I, think what you, how, I think what you said, Robert they is that the did you say the interior was different to the exterior as well, Robert? The balcony they show from the outside is a different balcony. Than oh, they shoot! On sorry, absolutely
2: sorry uh, where the party was at the start you
0: yeah.
2: yeah 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 absolutely yeah now that was when i found that in earl's court i when i first moved up to london 20 odd years ago uh i lived in the street behind uh colman place and that was the next street uh richard and Jean paul said they wanted a sort of corner flat with a big room to have this party and literally i just drove up and down the streets I, I i thought that that would be a good place and i was fortunate that i found this flat right right on the corner, and yeah, no, that was where we shot that, right on the corner. I, I forget the street, it's the one forward from Collinham Place in Old Court.
1: Yeah, and what, one of the, I realized i realize I'm just going through different locations here, uh, but one of, one of the other ones that really sort of stood Courtfield out to me that gardens. I found fascinating. There we go. What?
0: I had to scroll <laughs> up in my notes, it's 26 Courtfield Gardens. Courtfield Gardens, that's the one, Courtfield Gardens, yeah.
2: Yeah, lovely. I mean, it worked a treat. It was lovely. It was owned by, it, it was being rented uh by a French couple at the time, and they were back and forth, uh, uh, and we had it for about a week, I think it was. And no, it worked a treat with the balcony and everything. And then is there a taxi yeah. that pulls off? I think it was kind of it was great. But that was it, again, it was difficult. We had to we filmed there till about four in the morning, I think it was. So you you know, you're trying to have a party but keep it quiet. So <laughs> it I, I remember, yeah, I remember it was tough trying to keep everyone a bit quiet at 3, 3.30 in the morning, but yeah, we did it,
1: it was all Yeah, I think one of the other ones which I found fascinating was when I realised that the church that was involved for the wedding is the same church from Keeping Mum. Like, Absolutely,
2: because I did that as well.
1: Yeah. Oh, there we go. Because <laughs> it, It's weird, because I love both those films, but it wasn't until we did this that we made the, I made the connection, and I was like, oh yeah, they're the same church. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful church building.
2: Oh, it's um, lovely, Village is called St. Michael Penkavel, and um I can't remember the year like 2003 or two or something I you know Keeping Mum Patrick Swayze yeah. uh, Chris Scott Thomas so you know I th- again I think it was a great film you know black comedy mm. uh, and favourite film of thought...
1: one of the Shining Twins apparently I did an interview with the Shining Twins and I can't remember which one it was but she said it was her favourite film
2: Great. I mean, it was great. I mean, I, I can not believe it when they said Patrick way. you know, growed up with Dirty Dancing.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and he was
2: absolutely <laughs> charming. Actually, I mean, we we're in this village in Cornwall. It was before smartphones, really. And, you know, I just said, look, you know, there's a lot of people who would love to get a, a photo of you and, and all that. And he said, sure, fine. And, and we finished about midnight, I think it was on a rainy winter. And he just stayed around and got a photo with everyone and I was trying to clear up, get the lights off, but uh, no, you was charming, absolutely charming, man.
1: So with churches, do they, do some churches have issues if there's, you know, with the, with the theme of the script or if there's any bad language? Like, do they, yeah. do there tend to be problems yeah, with that? Yeah, Churches
2: are difficult. Look, I love giving money to churches, you know, schools, hospitals and churches. I mean, when well, I've seen in the script it never, Never cut back on the fees, you know always try and try and give them a bit more if I can of other fees because they you know, it was good, it's good to give money to those locations. churches you know need money just like everyone else, yeah. And it's great the uh, yeah so we we filmed the exterior of that uh, of that scene the wedding in Port Lowe, I think it was outside the yeah. lugger like a, 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 uh, that there, and then the interior we couldn't find anything quite right, and then I remembered from keeping Mum that was a great church. So we showed that to Richard and loved it. That was good. But yeah, you've got to be very careful. I mean, I, I feel like I did uh, the Kingsman film. Have you seen that? That was a film yeah, I did. Yeah. Quite uh how you describe that scene we did in the church. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, it's a bit of
1: everything really, isn't it? <laughs> I, I think. And they were going
2: to build it because I, I just couldn't really find a church that would accept that. But that was a,
0: Quite that was rightly. a
2: military, <laughs> uh, understandably, uh, but that was a military uh, flat pack church, which it was I think it was built in Romania, something like that, and they brought it back to the home counties here, and it, and it was just used for counselling, so it wasn't, a, you know, it wasn't a church with services or anything. And we were able, I think, we took that for three months, I think it was, with all the stunt rehearsals, and everything else. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, there the, the weren't many churches that would allow that to. I
1: mean, I did a tiny bit of filming for one of my things in yeah, a church graveyard, and that was a lot of discussing and emailing and arranging with the vicar. Like, I know the vicar, because it's a church that we held, uh, a charity that I work with at, um, and it was just... He he was fine on concept, but it was a lot of the, you know, what are the themes with it, how are you going to film it, make sure that... I mean, graveyard's obviously harder, because you have... you can't close off a graveyard, really. Very Um,
2: difficult, very difficult. Yeah, no, I filmed in a few, and and quite often they like... You know, there's always a scene in there where they want to, you know, they want to dig dig a hole or something, I mean, you just have to be very careful about it. But, you know, if you put notices up, you know, and let people know, and the fact that you're making a payment to the church, I mean, generally, it's all sort of fine in the end From experience.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's brilliant, because I, I, I hope this is really fascinating to listeners, because I feel like there are so many jobs on a film set that people don't think about. And, I mean, I can't think of many more fascinating than locations, really, but I think it's definitely one that people kind of forget
2: yeah, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. I mean, I still enjoy it. I've been doing it for 25 years. And the beauty of it is that every script generally is different, although I've done a couple of superhero films recently and it's quite often that you, you read similar lines. <laughs> um, they're not that creative, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, films like About Time and I mean, Keeping Mum, I mean, it was just such an unusual story, wasn't it? You know? Yeah.
0: Uh, you haven't yet seen it, have you? No, I have not.
2: Yeah, that's, yeah, a really good film. I thoroughly
1: enjoyed it. So on the uh, credits, we've got our shot of Vault Beach, where we then get the credit for Tom Hollander. I, I find it interesting, but understanding that we get the credits for Donald, Rachel and Bill at the start of the film, and then not among the, the rest of the cast at this point. Like, I, I know that's in quite a few films, but it always sort of takes me by surprise. Is that something you've, you either of you had uh, <laughs> thought about really? No, I,
2: th- I think it's just contractual agreements, you know, there's all sorts of unusual agreements that certain actors, you know, after, yeah. I imagine it's
1: that. Um, so, the, yeah, then we get our, our credit for Lindsay Duncan, Margot Robbie, which we, we talked about before, like, getting her literally months before Wolf of Wall Street, like, it, it was a bit... Yeah. the bit... The, the casting director on this, I haven't actually checked who it is, but I assume we would probably get their credit today, do we? Is it um... Lucy Bevan, is it? I don't know, or... And I've, I've got the Blu-ray case right in front of me. probably says it on here. Fiona Weir. Fiona Weir. There we go. Oh, Fiona um, Weir. You know, getting Margot Robbie and Vanessa Kirby and Tom Hughes. Like These are people who made it really big after this. I think it is brilliant with some of these things, yeah, that, that you managed to... Well, obviously, not like you specifically, but the, the, the casting people managed to cast people who make it big, and I mean, I think that's the—it's one of the biggest hopes, I'd imagine, for a writer or a director, the idea that maybe if their film doesn't do that well upon release, that one of the actors will make it big, and yeah. you become a cult success. So the next location shot that we get is of the station, once again, which we've talked about. We seem to have done a lot of this One eighteen, which, anyway. which is
0: the same shot as Minute 52, but it starts earlier in this time, yeah. the shot of them going up the escalators. Brilliant
1: spot, but that, that, That's a good level of prep you've done. So we get, this one we get the credit for Lydia Wilson. I mean, I guess at this point, it's worth naming who these people play to those who don't know at this point. Lydia that's Wilson has Kit, Kit Kat. Richard Cordry is credited after that alongside Josh Maguire. Richard is Desmond and Joshua Maguire is Rory. Then we Tom get Hughes. Tom Hughes and Matthew Kirby, which is another, well, Tom Hughes, so I think we talked we talk about both of them quite a lot, but we've got Jimmy yeah. and Joanna. Interesting that Jimmy gets credited before Joanna, right? It, it could be a contractual thing. It's
0: yeah, it's a contract thing. There's a weirder one in the next pair.
1: Will Merrick and Lisa who who is Lisa Acorn? Right? right. <laughs> oh, hang on, I think I read this. Is it the mum? It Mary's is mom. Mary's mum,
0: yeah. What an odd choice who is Will in Merrick? two scenes and has like three lines. Yeah. Will Merrick is Jay
1: and Lisa Acorn is, is the mother, yeah. Because it's always the name that I I, I I have to second think every every time, so then we fade out to a shot of them going downstairs from the house at this point, so is this the other beach yeah, I, I believe that's the
2: house, yeah, so that's the actual house, and that's the beach at the house, which is very different, yeah, it's a small private beach, I mean it's very nice, but it's not cinematic small beach
0: if if this isn't uh, and they showed this earlier in the film, if this isn't like a digital composite. The ramp has been changed a lot in the eight years since. Because yeah, the no, ramp think, now is this big stone thing that looks like it's made for crowds. Right. Yeah. I, I,
2: well, it's funny. I mean, the truth is, I can't remember what it looked like unless I go back and look at my old recce pictures. But I think it is a composite. I think you're right.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: That that just doesn't look normal to me.
1: And so I guess the next question is, how about that house? <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs>
2: what wow, a house! Yeah what a house what a house i mean you know it's a rental it's funny every job's different but when you go somewhere like that and you need a house of this scale you just look at rentals you know you go on to the agencies look at the big houses especially in cornwall I and mean, there's plenty of them and it was just one that i found on the rental and i mean there was a few others in contention but this was all the winner. i mean it was just uh it just ticked every box it really did i mean it's very special but
1: I say Whenever I look at it, I just want to go there and I look at the price to rent it and it's like, that's not going to happen. But I mean, one thing which I have sort of semi-joked, but I'm generally wondering, with doing this show, I'm tempted, if I manage to go to Cornwall anytime soon, to just email them and say, like, can we look around for half an hour? Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. It's probably unlikely, but they always say you don't ask, you don't get.
2: Absolutely. No, I think it'd be fine if you, yeah, I'll give you the contact details after this and I'm sure. Uh, sure
1: Really? yeah, I'll, I'll save that down, and then as soon as lockdown finishes, I'll see whether I can yeah. persuade my family to take a weekend away at some point. Because yeah, it, it does just place. seem so wonderful, and I know some of the rooms in there seem to be slightly shifted around. Like the dad's office was the main dining room and stuff. But yeah,
2: yeah, I think yeah. we spent a good three weeks before. I can't remember my rent, but it, again, it was something like a three-month rental of the house in total. And I got a feeling we spent a good three months, what you know, wallpapering, painting, and you know, getting it all up and ready, you know and then after you've got it dressed, you've got to put the lighting in and everything, and then do rehearsals maybe it's three or four weeks uh, something like that, and then afterwards you film, you've got to put it all back again, you know, as it was mm-hmm.
0: So,
1: do you, I mean, do you never have it where they go I'll keep it, <laughs> or, or do you, uh, sometimes, are you not
2: allowed? Uh, sometimes that happens often they regret it and there's not a lot, you, you know, they can do about it, you know, sometimes after, you, you know I always say, look, live with it for a week talk to me later, because sometimes they say, oh, this is fine. I want to do this. And then a couple of weeks later, they're like, oh, actually, no, i have change the mind. Can I? You know, and then it was all awkward then. To, do you, do you know the,
0: uh, the Tom Hanks film Money Pit from the 80s? No. no I was I watching know. that recently and I looked up this thing about it and the owner of the house, they destroy the house during the movie. <laughs> the owner of the house, when she got back, didn't know they'd done that. She didn't know they destroyed <laughs> it until she saw the movie because they fixed it up so nice after. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. She saw wise. the movie and was in shock. She's like, what did you do? My ass. <laughs> it, it, they I just, have just, they knocked down a it. staircase. They it's put cool. holes in the floors, the walls. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh.
2: That would be a shock, wouldn't it? Do,
0: do the
1: owners of, of locations, I mean, obviously in that case not, but I mean, do, do the owners of the buildings often get the chance to see the script or stuff?
2: Yeah, well, sometimes they insist quite often. If you're dealing with an institution, um, you know, hotel or something, or, or a private house, they always insist, in, and you have to send them a um a, a copy of the script, or, or just the script pages, a watermarked version of it, get them to sign an NDA, non-disclosure agreement, because they just want to make sure that you're not depicting it in a way that that they feel um, is not correct. Because I, I did find to it attract
0: in- your people to their house later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I did which that
2: happened on one of the locations on this film
0: no um i can tell you
2: right it was the the theater scene so we richard wanted to film it at the the royal court theater sloan square and uh, i mean i I mean what a fantastic scene that was i mean it was so
0: funny
2: you know with richard griffiths was not it and richard grant yeah and they asked to see the script pages and the creative director came back and said, "Well, there's no way that anyone at this theatre would forget their line." Oh, <laughs> yeah. And I, uh, it was a joke, you know. It's a, it's a yeah.
1: film, That's what they know, take with... out of it. <laughs>
2: and uh, you know, and I, I took out a few other films, you know, that I've worked on. And it's it the first time anyone ever saw it. Anyway, in the end, they said no. You know, they were absolutely adamant that they didn't want to depict. The, uh the theater there's often actors that forget their lines so uh, you know I, I called around and lucky we got the um the old oh, bit yeah. yeah the old bit they just happened to be dark because it's very hard theater years ago back in the 90s and 00s, it was so easy to film at theaters but these days it's buzzing i mean like, it's so hard to get a dark i mean you used to have a choice of dark theaters back in the days but it's very hard but we were very lucky i think it, i think it was the only one available at the time within it because our schedule then was all set and uh I, I mean, it worked great. I think it was fantastic, and I think it was a really good scene. You know, um, and no one, no one at the old vicar's subsequently, you know, forgotten any lines. I don't think.
1: Maybe <laughs> maybe maybe it reminded them. <laughs> maybe the film gives, oh, them, yeah. gives the actors the
0: extra push. They show them that scene before they go in.
1: Yeah, yeah, this, this could happen. But yeah, I mean, I think it is fascinating, and I think and the main thing is, yeah, when looking at pictures from the house from the main house from about time it is like when you see that the dad's study is the main dining room part of me wonders like do you think they could have attracted I mean I assume they're doing pretty well for business anyway do you think they could have attracted more fans if it had stayed as if
2: they'd have kept it like it yeah not a bad idea not not a bad idea it could have yeah I mean I guess at the time they didn't know that it's, it's very hard because all the dressing we do is generally hired props
1: oh yes. yeah
2: I mean the, the majority of everything on a film set is hired or less it's, um, a specific, sometimes they go and buy them. So afterwards, they keep them, they hold them over just in case they need to go back and do some more reshoots. And then they're back to the higher, sh- uh, shops, um, around the North Circular. So it'd be very hard to keep it. They, they could have replicated it and copied it. That may have been a sort of rights issue as well with the film, I would imagine. Uh, yeah,
1: maybe. You know,
2: but yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure it, I haven't seen, but I'm sure there's something on the website that says that it was I used. I think there's that,
1: something, yeah. I checked I a while I, ago.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'd imagine it's there. Um, I did speak to the owner only last year. She called me last year. We just had a little chat. I'm switching for a while. Yeah, no, it was... Um, I, I can't imagine it being in another house. I mean, if, if I think of the other houses that we shortlisted, I mean, you know, it, 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 I, I don't think it would have It, it would have been something um, close to how good that house would
1: So we get the shot of the beach. We then get credit for... I missed one. We get, oh yeah we get production designer first I thought it was editor first we get um, photography first oh yeah D, we didn't do DFP last sorry I, I yeah. went straight into one nineteen Robert I don't want to mess up the DFP surname <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> uh, I would guess Gulasarian? Gulisarian that sounds good Yep. John Gulasarian, he was John
2: yeah he was American I think he was LA based I think so he came yeah, over
0: well yeah the name sounds sort of Armenian and I'm I live in Glendale which is lots of Armenians so
2: oh ah, okay okay no great I mean he was perfect for it John it's it difficult I've worked with a whole number of DOPs and uh but he was definitely the right man for that job very quick a lot of handheld doesn't mess about just gets the shot done and moved on and it just looked real I thought I thought he did a wonderful job
1: of it. oh yeah it, it 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 does look beautiful and we've talked quite a lot about yeah with the shots that that level of handheld, the the way that in a beautiful way, it's some some of the more intimate things feel like you're watching someone filming it with like a camcorder, so you really feel sort of invested in it. And I think almost the whole film is is handheld or looks handheld. Yeah, so it, it really has that that lovely intimate feel. Um, I have
2: got this memory of John with the camera on his shoulder all the time, just on his <laughs> shoulder walking around. I mean, he operated himself most of the time, I think.
1: So we've got the production designer after so in fact with with John I believe I could be wrong I can't remember what the film was either that Richard Curtis said he wanted the film to be shot in a similar way to this other film and that other film <laughs> was one that John had done oh and I can't remember that uh, I'm going to have to check now it was quite a little known one I think uh, was it just see whether yeah. I can find it I feel like I don't think it was even on the commentary I think it was in an interview I'd heard it so it'll be really like crazy that was it like crazy oh okay ah. Yeah, yeah, I can't
2: remember that. I cannot remember that. Because I mean,
1: admittedly, I, because of this show, we we have so much of this little snippet stuff. Where I'd imagine, even because I know Richard and Emma listen, I'd imagine some points of this, they'll have forgotten things that they've said. Oh yeah. That that we then we then quote back at them. We get the production designer John Paul Kelly, and I mean we've talked quite a bit about like the the designer stuff, and it's mm-hmm. a it's a beautiful design of a film. Before we move on to editor Mark Day, um, once again I feel like we're just reading their names and saying they did a good job. But, but shout out to you, Mark Day. Robert is going to be a real tough job when we get to the rest of the credits. <laughs> 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 just Graham Curry again, by the way, guys. Yeah. Graham Curry. Oh yeah, just 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 for random thing, Steve. We ended up becoming weirdly obsessed with this one extra in a scene that we couldn't figure out who it was. We thought it was a guy called Graham Curry. I've since found Graham Curry's number on IMDb Pro, phoned him up. It's
0: not Graham Curry but we we spent an hour insisting it was Graham Curry and talking about him.
1: Yeah. So I'm glad I got in contact with the actual Graham Curry. So he knows there's an entire episode dedicated to him, wherein (laughs) we don't actually talk about him. (laughs) But that's the sort of weird stuff that we seem to have on this show. But yeah, I mean, the the question is who, how, who on earth did we get in touch with to find out who that one extra was? Because although it's stupid, although it's stupid, why, why did we get so obsessed, Robert? I
0: can't remember.
2: It's funny, there is an extra, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, story, not that, not that particular, uh, extra, but when we were, when we were filming Cornwall, we were there for a few weeks and filming and there was a restaurant, a really nice restaurant in, um, can't be where it was, Foy, I think it was. And I went there on Sunday with my family, Richard came in with his family and, you know, we had a nice meal. He was at the other end and uh, anyway, it was a, a really nice restaurant. When well, I came back to London and we did the London filming. we did that scene oh, in, uh, yeah. Yes, this is, we, yeah. we, we, we heard about it. And, uh, oh, you've heard it. Okay. Have you said, have you spoke about it? I'm it
1: not sure, but please carry on. Just to, just so it. No, to and it was properly. just weird. We were filming, Richard
2: said he wanted to film in Pressemonger, so we got in contact with them. It took a while. And anyway, we ended up, because we were filming in the Royal Courts of Justice, that we used the one opposite. And we're setting up prep and, and there was the, the girl in the uniform and I was like, where is she from? I know her. I just know this girl. I couldn't think what it was and then found out that she, that when Richard left the restaurant, he, he asked the girl on the reception of the restaurant to come up and be in the prep team.
1: It's a wonderful story. Incidentally, Richard, if you're listening, me and Robert are both up for being extras. (laughs) Get in touch. Email in. Well, next time you a job in California.
2: (laughs) Need to get a job in a Cornwall pub. Restaurant. That's that,
0: that's that's the, that's yeah, the key.
2: Yeah, yeah, but she was very sweet and she she was excellent. I don't know if she's done any acting at all before, but I, I just thought she was absolutely. Again, yeah, he spotted her and she was absolutely perfect. You know, it's and...
1: it's it, it's a beautiful thing we get with that as well because we looked about how that was shot. How when he lives today the first time, we sort of see the side profile of her or the back of her head, and then when he's noticing the little things, we get a big close up on her face. It's just yeah, yeah. yeah. it's it's, it's really really well done. Oh, yeah. Well, Robert, at least now you know where the Pretty was as well, because wasn't that yeah. another one? Though? And I think the the only other one I remember, well, as we said, was the, the restaurant where Charlotte and Tim ate at.
2: Would you rather guess, or, or should I just tell you?
1: Uh, Is that well, the one
2: would... where they meet after the theatre, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. So that was Ping Pong on Sad Ah, there we go. How did you mention that, they, Robert? We had two, you know, generally we're filming, you know, you need an anchor. With someone, yeah, they're trying to squeeze in X amount of scenes and the anchor was the, you know, was the South Bank and I can't remember if we were there for two or three nights. And because of actors availability and everything else, you know, we, we did the scene in the, where she asked him to go back to his, uh, to her apartment where he refuses. That was in the White House apartment. Which is right opposite the National Theatre. Oh, Theater. so they are actually
1: apartments. We were we were in White World.
0: House. That was one of the yeah. ones on my list. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because well, we weren't sure House. whether it was
1: apartment or hotel, were we? That was one of our. It, it other was, discussions. It's funny. It does look like a hotel. It does. It, yeah, it does the look hallway up. looks like a hotel. Yeah,
2: it's right opposite, and it just worked out well. And then the the, the first AD said, "Look, I'd love to slip in." Um, we were at National Theatre. Uh, we were in that lobby, you know, with the with the jazz band playing, and yeah. then he said, "Look, it'd be really good if we could do this restaurant scene there." And there was a few restaurants, but yeah, no ping pong, it, 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 which is like an Asian restaurant we shot upstairs.
1: Yeah, that's that's great. And I mean, one of the other locations we talked about quite a lot was the Greek restaurant because you found out, Robert, that it was really unhygienic, didn't you? Yes, that it got closed <laughs> down for yeah. Zorba's. Zorba's.
0: Yeah, that
2: was Lancaster Gate Zorba's. No, I think yeah, I, I think Richard said that that he went on a first date with Emma in a Greek restaurant or something like that. So that was why he wrote that in. And we just, you know, we looked at a few of them, and that was the one that Richard thought was was closest. Yeah, we needed to give it a clean.
0: <laughs> it's a great corner location, too. It's a nice... Yeah, visual. it's lovely. Really nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we
2: did a bit of work on the lights. I remember being there for, you know, two days. I think we took it for four days, and we, you know, it's amazing that you see these locations, but you have to add in... In fact, I remember on that particular one, I'm going to put 32-amp power in um, oh. we, we have to up it, to you know, to get all the lights there. But yeah, it looks simple, but it, it, you know, it, it, just opposite the Hempel Hotel, Yeah, that's yeah, lovely. Really nice. So, I can't yeah. comment on the hygiene. I don't know
0: anything about that. <laughs> I think it's okay. We went into detail.
1: Yeah, there was. You, you, you found a full list of like, wasn't it like rodents and other things that it got closed yes. down for? So it was. Yeah, it was, it, we, I think if I remember correctly, we both had interesting facts about it, and I very quickly found out that the Robert's fact was so much more interesting than <laughs> um, We then get the line producer, Tori Parry, credited while well, we're still on the other shot. I mean, I get, I guess, through the fact that the film is a good film, you know, the line producing has done well. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, the that, line
2: producing not into comment alone, is enough <laughs> to you know, it's the nuts and bolts of the film. You have to oversee more about the money and the crew, really making it all work. But yeah, yeah, it's it, 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 yeah, yeah it's not an easy job.
1: And then we we fade fade out and back into Madeira Vale Station. Yep. Um, so yeah, at least canonically in the film, the Madeira Vale Station is Madeira Vale Station. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is nice. Nice yeah. to know. um Yeah. yeah we just. Oh, sorry, you carry on. <laughs> I would just
2: say we just shot that exterior. You know, it was a pickup. We were there. I think we were waiting to get into the station. We couldn't get in there until the last train. And hmm. we said, "Oh, let's get an exterior." So we just put the camera on
1: sticks, shot that, and it ended up where it did. You
0: know, it looked so good. Yeah, yeah this... they're in the same outfits as when they go up the escalators to leave. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah there's some brilliant stuff with things like this as well. With shortly after the Maid of station, we then when when we have that whole montage, we've then got the whole gag with Mary's parents coming. And the beautiful thing is the fact that in the establishing shot of the street beforehand, you can see her parents walking up. Like, it's such a wonderful, yeah. wonderful piece of detail, which obviously, when you're watching it first time round, you don't know that that's her parents. And they're only yeah. among yeah, the yeah. crowd. So it's yeah, little yeah. things like that that show beautiful detail. Also, am I right that I heard somewhere that Mary's flat was awfully close to where Tom Hollander was living?
2: Gosh, I don't I know. I have no idea. Possibly. We shot that at the Goblin Road. Yeah. was a market there, just down from um, Trelick Tower. And I remember there was a shop that was called Hunky Doors, I think it was, and I just knocked on a, a load of doors. Um There's a hairdresser's, hunky doors, and, yeah, and it just worked well. You know, I don't think we shop I think we just did the walk-up there. I think I, – I got, I got a feeling that that was one of the – Yeah, the, the interior was a set. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah, only it's set,
1: I think. I think it was, it was the only set, yeah. I think it was one of them. Yeah, and I, I feel like I heard something about it being the same location as Chris Marshall in Love Actually, but I might be wrong with that.
2: Which what the uh, is that the scene where they come out? Uh, which scene is that in Love Actually? Remind me that. The... Uh, I'm trying to
1: think. I'm trying to remember what we see Chris Marshall's flat in Love Actually because uh, uh, he's Chris Marshall's only in it for a tiny bit because mostly he goes off to America to meet American girls. I'll have to rewatch Love Actually at some point to find out. Uh, there's, well, defi- I know, yeah. Yeah. there's definitely a comment on it in the commentary, but whether they said that that's the location where they went for, or just one they were looking at, I don't know. So we yeah, then move... Yeah, so we then move on to well, it's a rep made of station we get the a shot of well, we get the credit for costume designer Verity Hawks. I mean, we talked about costume before, the fact that the costume lot, yeah. beautifully matches the background most of the time in order to, you know, show how everyone's at home but in other, in other scenes where people aren't quite that comfortable or odd ones out, their costume clashes with it. It's, it's such... The costume design, and of course the jumpers. Oh, yes. it's, it's a, uh, yeah. So, shout out to Ver- Verity Hawks.
2: Yeah, she made it look seamless. If you compare it, you know, you think, okay, it's not a big costume drama, or anything, I like imagine the work that goes into it, but it looks so good, so real, and that's, that's equally as hard to do, I believe.
1: And the red wedding dress was a wonderful idea, because, mm. although, I think it's, it's kinda rare for a wedding scene to not go for the white dress, in that, it suddenly makes it a more memorable wedding scene, because you can't get it mixed up with the other ones. Yep. <laughs> you know, you're, you go, it's the one where she walked down to El Mondo in the red dress. You know you're picturing that and not any other film, so. Yeah, no,
2: striking, <laughs> isn't it? It really is. And it, I, I think it was on the cover, wasn't it, of the film? Yeah,
0: yes.
1: Yeah. So, music by Nick Lair-Close. Beautiful music. I mean, we've got a cover of the About Time theme from Nick lair on as the theme tune for this show. I'll cover for my Ethan and Mahoney. Shout out to you, Ethan. Yeah, the music in here is just beautiful. It's... Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know what else there is to say. Um, I don't think we're going to have anyone come up here and we're going to go, you did a bad job. Uh, <laughs> so there we go. Hair and makeup designer, Christine Blundell. Hair and makeup's not something I have much of an opinion on. Well, I didn't did a bad a job, about... but it was on
0: purpose. Oh, you know? <laughs> it was him. Bad fringe and the rest of it. Uh,
1: yeah. Casting by Fiona Ware. We've talked about her earlier. What a job. And, ah. And
0: that last shot fades out. <laughs> we fade out. And, hey Rob, you're a It's Tim and Mary to... walking away from us. Is the last shot.
1: Oh, I did, I didn't. I feel like looking at it, I hadn't even twigged that it is them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. How have I never realised that? I realised that's what you were saying earlier. And I wasn't really paying attention that like that's what you were talking about them in the same. Yeah. Beautiful touch there. And so, Robert, you're on visual. Do you like to read the entire credits that come up now? <laughs>
0: <laughs> the entire credits?
1: <laughs> yeah, come on. Let's <laughs> do this.
0: That'll be that'll be the next episode, is I'm just going to read one by one, everyone involved <laughs> making of the film.
1: <laughs> well, they all deserve a shout-out, really. I'm, I'm going to quickly skim through to see if there are any names that we haven't mentioned. So all the leads are already on here, really. We've got... uh Actually, this is a more rational order, isn't it? So it it works better. And we we talked about the fact that they're credited as dad and mum and not James and Mary, which I think was an interesting decision. Mary would have been confusing, admittedly. But So maybe that's why they just went with James rather than James and mum. So then we've... What's one of the credits we haven't had? We haven't had Ginger Jenny, Clemmie Dugdale, uh, Rupert, Harry Haddon Patton. Rupert, we've talked a lot about how wonderfully hateable he is, which is a compliment to Harry Haddon Patton, because I assume that's what he was supposed to be doing. We then got Mary's, Mary's father Fitz, Mitchell Mullen, Mary's mother Jean, Lisa Acorn, and Polly, Jenny Rainsford. Yeah, sorry Steve, won't be too long on this. <laughs> okay. There we go. I won't, I won't do this with all the crew, but considering we've probably talked about everyone who's credited in this, it's probably worth giving them their, their names. Polly, we talked quite a bit about, mm-hmm. Jenny Rainsford, Auntie Maine, Natasha Powell, Dance Noir, Major D is Mark Healy, and there's the, Don Lenoir Don Waiter. It's surprisingly harder to say than I thought. Don Lenoir waiter. Did you work out
0: where that location was? Yeah. It's not you did, didn't it's you? not the real restaurant, yeah. It was some waffle place.
2: It was uh it was a sort of uh it was called Pit Q, if I remember rightly. Just off of Carnaby Street, just on the corner there. It was lovely. I don't think it's there anymore. I think it's something else. No. It, I think it's a waffle place now, exactly, yeah. Yeah.
1: I think one of the actual waiters from the real Don is in the film? Yeah.
2: Yes, you're correct, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, okay, cause we were trying to figure him out, weren't we? And then I did research yeah, a couple Carlos. of weeks later, I was watching a video about it, and the guy who played Carlo, and I can't remember what his real name was, but he was on there and he did a a, a good job. Theatre Deserter, Ben Benson. Theatre Judge, Philip Voss. Prompter, Tom Godwin. Batty QC, Pal Aaron. I don't know what Batty QC is, but I'm sure. He's
0: a QC. Uh,
2: what, well, yeah, someone, someone from the court. One hmm. of the judges, or, uh, or, or in the offices, probably, the court uh, Lincoln's Inn.
1: Okay, that makes sense. Incidentally, at this point, we don't get the credits for Richard E. Grant or Richard... No, they get thanked at the end. Yeah, they get thanked okay. later on, which I assume is a contractual thing again. Uh, Richard Griffiths. I forgot the Griffiths surname for a second. <laughs>
0: I think that's actually them avoiding a contractual thing. Yeah. yeah. If they're yeah. under contract, they're going to get paid more.
1: No. Tina, it's Catherine Steadman. Wedding priest Andrew Martin Yates. am I right that that was the actual priest as well from the from the church? Oh, from the church. Absolutely, yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah, he was um I'm pretty sure he was the you no, know, couldn't no. I think he could have been in keeping mama's father, I remember rightly. At some point doing something. He wasn't obviously vicar, that was what's his name?
1: Rowan Atkinson, um, yeah.
2: Ron Atkinson, yeah. I'm sure he was in it. Yeah. But yeah, that is the real priest from uh St. Michael Pinkell.
1: Posey Newborn, Charlie Bournes, Posey six months, Verity Fullerton, Posey one year, Veronica Erning. Uh, Owens. Oh, yeah, yeah, you realising this was a bad mistake of me to do going through the whole thing, Robert.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I see, we, 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 I, I will do honourable mentions with all the rest of the crew and try and give shouts to the other ones, but I just think we've probably talked about a lot of the cast and not named them, so now's the chance. Posy two and a half to three years, Olivia Conton. Uh, Posy five years, Sarah Heller. Boy Posy. <laughs> what I don't know why I didn't question what that character would be named as, but there we go, Boy Posey, Jaden Dervish, Jeff, Newborn, Jeff, a name which isn't given in the film whatsoever, right. and discredited, um, which we talked as well. So we got, yeah, we got Jeff, Newborn, Jacob Francis, Jeff, five months, Jago Freud, which I assume is of some relation to Richard and Emma.
2: Yeah, I think so.
1: Jeff, two years, Ollie Phillips, Joe, six months, uh, Sophie Pond and Joe one year Sophie Brown Trudy the party guest is Molly Seymour the flirty girl is Matilda Sturridge John who's John <laughs> I mean unless I guess John could be the person that the flirty girl at the party is waving at maybe
0: maybe they don't say a name for him but he they could be
1: Tom Staunton feels like a familiar name maybe that's just because that was one of the extras that we were researching um, yeah
2: well there was a location manager a friend of mine called Tom Staunton when I saw it I, I was like oh I'm sure that wasn't Tom but no it's not
1: so we've got server is Oh hang on, I, my minute has played itself off pret server is Rebecca Chu The court clerk is John West Judge is Graham Richard Gago? maybe I don't know, apologies for anyone with their names On here we've got Jerry Foreman, Ms. Kerry Lane Studhome, defendant is Ken Hazeldyne Jazz singer is Barbara Goff And the busker is John Bowden There we go, we're done we talked about Brilliant. John Bowden Bob and Bellowhead and yeah, so one of the questions that we tend to give all the guests on this show, Steve, is if you could go back in time to any moment in your life to either relive or change something about it, what moment in your life would you choose?
2: Wow. Um, I think it just has to be the birth of my son. I think it was, I, I, I was too nervous to really enjoy it. Uh, bless you. I, I, changing it, I think I'll just relax a bit and just enjoy it because people People give birth all over the world every second of the day, but when it's yours, you you become a bit a bit yeah. a little bit stressed. That's it. Nothing else, I don't think, just to relax, enjoy it a bit more.
1: Any concluding thoughts on what your experiences were on this film, then, Steve? I think it's quite nice to relive it again because
2: often you finish a film and then you've already picked up the script for, for the next one, and you just watch it on TV a few times or you know it's quite nice to go through it and relive it and actually I mean I watched the film again but thought about it in a different way tried to remember you know the days that we were there and then we going to the olympics in the middle of it yeah no I think it's um I think it's a film that will that will be around for a long time and people yeah, you know, the more you watch it I think you've you know you see bits in it that maybe you missed at the start I I think it's a you know I think it's a really you know that it's become a cult film it's hard not to like it, I think.
1: Very hard, mm. you know. It's the film equivalent of a warm hug, basically. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's the comfort, and I think it's what, I've said this a few times, I think it's, in the current climate with all this negative stuff going on, is what we need. People don't want big, deep dramas. People want a film that yep. makes them appreciate the importance of life, and... Absolutely agreed. I couldn't
2: work out that Contagion sort of went to number one for a while in the Netflix. I mean, that people felt that they, that they had to watch that. Yeah. I mean, I tried to watch it, you know, cause I noticed it was at number one in the Netflix, uh, yeah. yeah. So I put it on and after the first 10 minutes, I turned it off. I thought, I do not want to watch this now. I want to watch About Time.
0: Yeah.
1: I <laughs> think that, that, that has been, I mean, admittedly I'm a sort of person who rewatches films quite a lot. So like with About Time, before I knew we were doing the show, I think it was the third of March, I watched it on my phone cause I was on the way to London on a coach journey. I already rewatched it since, obviously, through this show we've watched things in, in depth. The other week, just so obviously, when we'd nearly covered the whole thing, knowing the entire film inside out, basically each shot, each line, it still made me cry. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful, beautiful film. So, Steve, where can our listeners find you on social media?
2: SM locations. I just have Instagram and a website. That's about it, really. Nothing, nothing too involved. Uh, maybe a- Steve Mortimer locations on Instagram. <laughs>
0: Steve, Steve underscore, there, Mortimer, 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 Mortimer. underscore
2: Yeah, that's Mortimer. the one. That's, the one, yeah, that's the one. Thank you to Lindsay Cosford, who's been my assistant for ten years and on this film and, and you know, she plays a huge part in organizing everything with me.
0: Brilliant. And Robert, where can our listeners find you? Robert E. G. Black on social media or lemmingdrops.com for links.
1: Listeners can find me on Twitter at Lama underscore bottle zero, Instagram with Ginger Luke, Facebook Luke Adam Film. All podcasts, radio prints, newspaper articles, short films, anything I'm remotely involved in is at LukeAllen.co.uk. This show is on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at 2min's About Time. They can also find us on IMDb, 2 Minutes About Time. They can join our Facebook group, The Cupboard, to discuss all things to do with About Time, the podcast and anything else. And we tend to end each episode with an interesting or random way of saying goodbye. So Steve, do you have any preferred way of saying goodbye to people or any odd, silly things that you like to say?
2: Gosh, you've caught me there, um, off guard. <laughs> Give me an example.
1: Uh, we've <laughs> had anything from Toodle Pip to, what was it like? Oh, I'm off like a dirty shirt. There's yes. Some weird one. See ya. The Two Minutes About Time theme is performed by Ethan O'Mahony and is a cover of the About Time theme, originally composed by Nick Laird Close. Two Minutes About Time is a production of Lemon Drop Studios in association with Bottle o Productions.